SEJ Summit 2016 is coming to Santa Monica, Chicago, and New York City. With a focus on actionable marketing for SEOs by SEOs, SEJ Summit is a can't miss event. Get $50 off your ticket now by using the code SEJNerd. Learn more at searchenginejournal.com slash SEJ Summit 2016. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world. All we can think about is where. Where can I hook up my mom? Digital pen part of work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Marketing Nerds. I'm Brent Satoris, and I'm joined by James Lunstein today, um, managing partner at Rogue Marketing, a digital marketing agency out of Dallas, Texas. Um, and, uh, you know, and a, a really good guy to talk to about marketing automation, which is actually what we're going to talk a little bit more about today. Uh, welcome to the call, and thanks for joining me today, James. Oh, thank you very much, and excited to uh, jump in this topic and, you know, talk about marketing automation with you guys. You know, um, we, we talked about this a little bit in advance and, and, and had a sense of a, a topic that we want to talk to talk about. And marketing automation is one of those that's always been kind of near and dear to my heart. It's something that my team has done a lot with within regards to like social specifically. Um, but it's also one of those topics that I think gets very misunderstood and it gets very um, kind of confused when, when people look at it as to what they can and cannot get away with effectively. Can you give us to kind of as a good starting point a little bit of background on kind of like what's your experience with marketing automation and and why exactly did you get into automating your marketing efforts? Uh, sure. So, you know, we're a digital strategy agency. Uh, we work with brands and growth-oriented companies and we really help them in three areas. So helping them, you know, build their brands, amplify their channels and minimize their risk. And, and one of those ways is helping them scale. Um, and uh, we hear this a lot from companies and clients and, you know, and speaking is, oh, you know, we're going to go in and we're going to put in marketing automation and that's going to be our, you know, that's going to be our silver bullet. And it's not, um, you know, companies go out and, and, and the bar used to be, hey, we're going to go out and send emails out and it's going to say, hello, Bob. And that's going to count as automation. And maybe back in 1995, that worked. And then it kind of shifted towards this, that was personalization. And then it really became this, this new battleground of if sub-segment A goes and visits this page and then they get 25% off for visiting X and then this people go and visit page X and then Y and then they do this behavior and they spend time on this page and spend 10 seconds here, then they're put in this category and then six weeks later they get this message. And what companies are getting confused between is between personalization and automation. And they think that if they just kind of put people in this sort of drip campaign, that that is going to take care of the marketing part. And that is going to solve all of their problems. And what marketing is going to really help them with is actually doing real, actual marketing and talking to people. And so awareness and personalization are actually the next battleground of marketing, followed closely behind you know, experience and, and maximizing loyalty, and not so much of how do we automate a process. 
because what's really happened is companies have said, oh, I can automate my social and I can automate my content and I can go out and retweet these people and I can go out and get these followers and I can go out and you know say this message to these people and it just kind of all takes care of itself. And people have been blinded and overwhelmed by so much content and if we keep just sending them hello Bob emails, that doesn't trans that doesn't turn into bottom line revenue of transactions and people sharing stories and buying X products. And and when you mention like the whole coupon thing, I think that when you start and even when you start getting into kind of like the really specific patterning of people, right? Like identifying patterns for people. I mean, one of the things that you know, I have an example in my mind from Netflix where uh, you know, I was talking to an individual who was explaining how they check to see whenever somebody checks the subscription time, yeah. like when their subscription ending, right? So I see a lot of really positive ways to use automation, but I think, you know, one of the 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 key factors in, in all the examples that we kind of make of automation going bad seems to be kind of laziness or lack of real strategy or understanding of the method. Um, and do, do you think that there's certain, you know, mistakes that marketers need to avoid? I mean, what are you seeing for the mistakes that people are making in automation and how can people kind of avoid making those mistakes other than just don't be lazy? I think there's a difference between automation and personalization. So, you know, we live in this world of, you know, it's Thursday night and you drive home and pull in your driveway and, you know, Pandora starts playing on your Amazon Echo and you say, you know, hello, Echo, order my favorite Domino's pizza. And 30 minutes later, it arrives. That's an amazing world we live in, and that's you know that's automation, right? I mean, if you, if you think about it, okay, that's automation, but that's also highly personalized to you. And you go on to Amazon, and then what you shop for also shows up in your Facebook feeds, or you start seeing ads for those things, and that's highly personalized. So that part of the process, I think, works incredibly well. And those algorithms and the way that those companies works, I think that works great um, because you have some sort of relationship. You've put in the effort. You've decided to, you've given them inputs that help maximize that experience for you. And the more input you put in, the better the output and the better the experience you get out. Where I think it fails is where companies just get the first name and try to start pushing you down a path towards conversion based on knowing nothing. So you came and visited the page, gave them an email address, a gender, a zip code, and go. And those are the companies that I think are looking for the shortcut and trying to either you know replace salespeople or replace the process or shorten a sales cycle and they just can't. Well, I, I would even say that I, I experience certain channels that kind of get overwhelmed, right? Mm -hmm. So even even if somebody does a really good Twitter response to me, right? Mm -hmm. Even if somebody does a really good LinkedIn automation, almost all of the automation services out there, you know, they have their little, this was sent to you by so-and-so, or this was automated by this, or, you know, and those type of things have really kind of destroyed, like I can't, I don't even check direct, 
you know, uh, tweets on um, Twitter anymore yeah. because it's all just automated spam or automated responses. Half of the responses I get on LinkedIn are people with their automated, thank you for connecting with me. Here's my services. What can I do for you? Sent by this automated service. Yeah. Um, and, and it kind of burns me out. So uh, my question, I guess, would be, is there certain areas that are kind of becoming not ideal to do automation at all? I mean, even if you're doing kind of a, a really highly personalized automation, sometimes it feels like it doesn't work. It does. And, you know, it's, it, you know, all marketing works until marketers get involved in, <laughs> in doing it, right? And so, you know, that's what's happening with, with LinkedIn. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's being coming watered down. Uh, Twitter is being overrun by, by robots. And, you know, that's, you know, maybe that's why, uh, you know, we're seeing more and more of these, these social channels, Instagram and Facebook and uh, et cetera, being pushed uh, towards these algorithms, which, which I know which isn't our topic, but, you know, the content that's more relevant to you, engaging with the people that are more relevant to you, right? Yeah. And it's almost like protecting you from this, this spam type mentality to help you engage with the people so you don't have the burnout and you don't have the people who keep spamming you. So it does keep you engaged with, with these types of platforms. But I think there's a difference between companies and brands trying to prospect and build relationships and the social side, which is trying to build community and awareness. So if we look at marketing auto automation and try and parse out automa automation versus personalization, and you know the next battleground being um, awareness and personalization, and then how they might be able to use marketing automation towards experience and loyalty. I think that's where companies have an opportunity to really win, and potentially where marketing automation can probably help ease that or at least push some of that forward faster. So, so you would say that automation has kind of evolved to a point where it really needs to be more about engagement and, and getting interaction and less about the reach opportunities, right? It's less about how many emails can you get, how many names can you get, how many accounts can you get, and more about how do you make each of those connections more impactful and meaningful. Yes. So I think it's more about you know increasing efficiency, uh, improving intelligence, uh, continual test environment, and you know, I think it's also about understanding where potentially marketing automation makes sense. So, you know, if you're a company that has a longer sales cycle, or if you're the type of company that has multiple target audience target audiences, or if you're the type of company that has, you know, multiple product offerings or is e-commerce based, you get the idea. Yeah. Those are the types of companies that marketing automation might be a good fit for. Versus you know, if you sell a commodity or a low price or um, low engagement for consideration, you know, marketing automation might not be for you. So if you sell little jars of five-hour energy at $2 a pop, maybe not for you. But if you sell, you know, jet engines for GE, that might be something worth considering. Interesting. Yeah. Your 
Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an interesting uh, element because, I mean, it, it still kind of comes down to the engagement because even with the, the smaller companies like the Five Hour Energy, being able to set up automated beacons, right, you know, might be effective. It just, I think it really, I guess, comes down to understanding what your goal is and how automation is truly going to help you get to it, right? Uh, yeah. You know, again, I always say not being lazy, which I think the majority of us find ourselves kind of in that place of being lazy. So, you know, kind of tying this together a little bit for listeners who are listening. So, I mean, I think we've made enough points here where it's like, look, automation is something you should be looking at, but you should be looking at responsibly and, and clearly understanding what your your goals are and what your expected return is. Um, what would you say to a new company right now kind of saying, or a new person saying, I'm interested in doing this? What would be like some of the key starting points? Uh, what would be some of the key steps for somebody to start walking down the path of automation? Sure. I think there's four. Uh, but before I get into that, I think that we need to understand what marketing automation represents. And marketing op automation really represents an opportunity to connect the dots and engage relevantly. So it's more about connecting the journey and relationships um, than it is about channels, touch points, and analytics. So if you think about marketing automation and it's your, really, it's your ability to learn as much as you can about your prospects and customers at each point of engagement with your brand. So they respond to an email. They respond to a Facebook post. They visit your page. They visit, um, they fill out this form. They visit this product page. You're continuing learning about who your customers are, what they like, what they don't like, what channels they leverage, and more importantly, their desire to be connected with and what channels work and what channels don't work. And I think if you can harness marketing automation and look at, through, look at it through that lens, then I think you're really winning and you're really learning how to best leverage marketing automation moving forward. And so what marketing automation is not, it's not a replacement for your for real actual marketing. So if you were to create some sort of selection process or how to move forward with market automation, I think there's there's four areas. So identifying, you know, what your business goals. So what are you trying to accomplish? Is it lead nurturing, lead scoring? Is it trying to automate your emails? Are you trying to figure out who's doing what and where and what channels are working? Um, where are you trying to go? So if you, there are a wide gamut of marketing automation tools from plug and plays to market automation tools that require you to have someone work on your stuff every single day. So what features are most important to you and what features are least important to you? And then doing some sort of vendor assessment. So, you know, we can't have everything. So making a checklist of what is the most important to you, what can you live with and what can you not live with it? live with. And then I think making some sort of internal assessment of what are your capabilities? So who's actually going to do the work? So there's a tool that solves every single problem, but tools don't solve problems at all. And so if you don't have the internal resources, and it doesn't matter if you're a Fortune 500 company, because someone actually has to do the work, or you're a mid-sized brand, or you're just small business out there, someone has to actually physically use the tool. So if you either can't scale up to have the resource or you can't outsource to get someone to do the work, 
you have to figure that into your in, either into your headcount or how you're going to outsource. And what so, I think so, is, so I, I don't want to break your flow. I, I want to let you go into your two, three, and four points specifically. But I, I just have to emphasize, you know, to anyone listening, how important that is. Um, and, and I would only add one element that it's, I think it's also important that the, whatever you choose is something you have some experience with, right? So if you've never done email marketing, maybe that's not the place to start with automation. If you, you know, something you have some core like manual experience with helps a lot when you get into the automation, but I don't think you can emphasize enough that you have to have somebody who's going to actually do it. So I just wanted to reiterate that for our listeners. Yeah, there has to be a skill, either you to do it or and own it or have someone on your team be able to own it. Because you just don't want to go out and buy the software and have it just sit there, right? And that happens it, a lot. It, it happens so, so much. And then you also don't want to go in with, I think you have to have eyes wide open that this isn't going to solve all my marketing problems and it's not going to be my silver bullet. But I think the best choice for platforms, it usually comes down to two things. So something that fits inside your organization's current culture and human capital constraints is probably number one. And then number two is where you want to be in the next two, three or four years. So 24, 36, 48 months. So where are you scaling to? Um, in terms of leads, sales, revenue, um, locations, like CRM, number of contacts, et cetera. I think those are probably the most important parts in choosing platforms. It's not where you sit today. It's probably more important that you grow into a platform instead of choosing something that fits with you right now. Yeah, yeah. So you were what? What were you? So just kind of keeping you on to your points. Was that num, point number two? Was kind of your platform discussions or? Oh, I just yeah. I think that the main important things were what are you trying to accomplish, um, the features that are most important, making the checklist, and then reviewing those with your internal capabilities, um, and then making sure that they measure up against you know your human capital constraints, and then leveraging where you want to be in terms of scalability for the future. I think those Very are nice. Very nice. I would agree. I mean, I think that, you know, I really, it's refreshing to hear the cons, you know, the construct around, you know, the strategy and the proper setup versus just, you know, buy this, these five tools and, and have at it because I think that so much is, is not thought about, you know, the damage that you can do to your brand and your company by not thinking things through. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, shortly platforms, some tools, can you kind of list off, you know, maybe pick like email, social and something else or content and say like a couple tools that you've kind of enjoyed working with or, or like? Yeah. Um, and, if you're going out and you're choosing platforms, I think you can probably put them in these like small biz, mid-sized business category and obviously your larger enterprise category. But probably more important is to create like a, a you know, there's hundreds of questions you could be asking, but fundamentally coming down with a list of questions to ask these platform providers and making sure that, you know, their alignment matches your alignment. Because at some point, they all sort of do the same thing um, fundamentally. And then they all have their bells and whistles, the things that make them unique. But for you, it's understanding how easy it is to use the platform for you. 
and how easy it is to integrate the software into your organization. And then things around implementation timeline and how long you get an account rep. So that might be more on your midsize and larger um, enterprise platforms. Um, do you get a dedicated person? How long is that person there for you? Um, new features and rollouts. And I think one of the biggest parts around new features and rollouts is how do you get access to those new features and rollouts? And how do you get charged for new features and new rollouts? Um, I think that is a very, and how much input do you get into the decision making for when one of these tools comes out with, you know, when they come out with something new, how do you get to beta test for it? How do you get charged when these new features come out? I think these are all questions worth uh, considering and asking. So in terms of the tools themselves, um, email side, you know, your MailChimps, I think are, are and Emma's are, are great tools on that side. Uh, in terms of marketing automations, um, Infusionsofts and Sharp Springs and, and um, Maltic is a, is a, are great solutions. And obviously if you're going large enterprise, the Adobe suite, um, Marketo's, Salesforce, and Oracle's um, are probably your best in breeds for choices. If people want to find out more information, they want to follow you, they want to get you know information about automation, they want to know more about what your company's doing, can you give me a couple different places that people can kind of find you and find your company? Sure. Uh, so you can always find Rogue at gorogue.net on the web. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at RogueThink, and you can always follow me on Twitter at jlumstein. Awesome. So look, James, I really appreciate you coming on and talking about automation. It's one of my favorite topics. It's also one of my scariest topics because I think it's where most companies make mistakes. So I think anybody listening to this should really take the things that you're talking about to heart because they really do kind of set the stage for being able to have success in this space. And it's much better to go slow and be thoughtful and have success than it is to go fast and have failure, um, especially in this space. Um, I can't emphasize that enough. So I really appreciate you coming on board, uh, spending the time with us and kind of detailing some of these important points. Hey, my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Cheers. This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.